China From all the cheapest parts And I ain't one for driving Them imported foreign cars American muscle from 1966. Cause I ain't made in China. I'm American as it gets. And I ain't made by for pennies on the dollar I'm made in the USA It says so on my collar I'm child and true, red, white and blue My roots run way too thick Cause I ain't made in China Cause I'm American as it can Caskets, the ones that don't come back. I'm a gun toting, locked and loaded, got fear in son of Lord knows I ain't made in China, cause I'm American as it gets, red blooded as they come. I'll die for being free. That is a new song from the great MAGA artist, Aaron Lewis. He joins us now, Made in China. Brother, what inspired you to write that incredible song? Um, well, thanks for having me, Steve. And Matt, you need to bring uh, it up a little bit. Your, your energy is just really low. Um, but I wrote the song, but because we looked around the room and started picking things up and turning them over and everything was made in China. Um, and I, I had this thought of, well, I ain't made in China. Sometimes songs come that easy. So Aaron, did you write the melody first or the lyrics? Um, I think it all happened at the same time, if I remember correctly. That's kind of usually, there's usually a melody going on with the idea, and and uh, you know when you're when you're writing with somebody like Jeffrey Steele, it's uh, it's pretty easy. And if it if it's not Jeffrey, it's Bobby Penson, and that's pretty easy too. So. I was in good hands and, and we had a good flow going that day and and it was a good day, right? Aaron, can you tell us uh, when are you gonna tour? What's the tour? When can people see you? This audience are obviously huge fans of yours. Can you walk us through where we go or how they find out? Cause I know this is gonna be part of your new repertoire. Um, Aaron Lewis Music 
is a good source. I am always on tour. I just work a reverse work week from everybody else. Everybody works Monday to Friday. I work Wednesday to Sunday. And and I'm always on tour. Just got to look and find me. Brother, thank you so much. Made in China from Aaron Lewis. Can we give it up, all the Aaron Lewis fans? Aaron, thank you very much, brother. Welcome to the War Room. Okay, I want everybody to download that song. That song needs to be number one. By the way, did you help with the lyrics here? That sounds like Made in China is your idea. What a great song. You, what a great song. I think we need to start War Room Records at okay. this point, right? Well, I don't know. This, hold it. <laughs> this guy's a real musician. I have to pay him. Actually, not another idea. No. <laughs> another War Room. No. I Aaron, have a question for, for the yeah. congressman, though. You obviously were one of the fiercest defenders of President Trump during his first impeachment and, of course, the second, too. So you know how the deep state weaponizes whistleblowers. Um, but I'm curious, there's been some evolving, I would say, mainstream media narratives about the ex-FBI informant on Burisma. They're saying that they think House Oversight used him to sort of create this fake narrative that Hunter Biden profited from the Ukrainian oil and gas giant Burisma. That's not a narrative. That's an established fact pattern. Um, but can you sort of walk us through what they're saying, what they're accusing oversight of doing, and just how bogus those claims are? Well, I personally debriefed the initial whistleblower who claimed that there was a 1023 form alleging a bribe. And to be entirely fair, that whistleblower made exceedingly clear that whether or not that particular bribe had been paid is a totally different scandal from the FBI refusing to investigate the 1023 and especially refusing to give it to Congress. So when we were asking for it, the deep state was telling us, oh, th this, we can't give you this 1023 because the sources and methods are so precious, are so unusually helpful in building cases and prosecutions that we can't even share it with Congress. Well, then we got the information and we brought in for interview uh, the U.S. attorney in Pittsburgh, who was also investigating these matters. And that U.S. attorney said to us that the travel records of Mr. Smirnoff, the informant, had been validated. So we had one, one U.S. attorney, Scott Brady, telling us that the travel records were indeed validated. Now you've got a different U.S. attorney's office, Mr. Weiss, saying something quite different in his indictment. So we have to figure out which arm of the Department of Justice is being uh, accurate and truthful and which arm is mistaken. That's, that's sort of what we do on the Judiciary Committee with oversight responsibilities there. But nothing changes the fundamental fact that Hunter Biden was getting paid a lot of money for Burisma, providing no service other than the protection that they needed. And one thing that I've learned observing and investigating these things is that people don't pay bribes for no reason. They actually expect a deliverable when they pay a bribe. And here, the deliverable was obviously getting rid of this prosecutor who was on the heels of Burisma. So that fact pattern is pretty well intact from, from my perspective. Uh, and I think even if, even if we find out that this uh, intelligence source turned bad on the United States and after helping with a number of matters, went and provided incorrect information, the bigger question is, why was the Department of Justice and the FBI serving as the fixer for the Biden family to stop us from being able to pull those threads and access the correct information? But are they multiply? This guy's been arrested again yesterday. What is it? It looks like DOJ, FBI are somehow trying to cover up. Right. I mean, why they, what's the multiple arrest? Well, for if theatrics, if a U.S. attorney Scott Brady was correct that Smirnoff's travel records were validated, 
If that's true, then you're witnessing one of the most draconian and abusive cover-ups in American history with the force of federal criminal law. That's not a fact that we have yet developed because we have contravening testimony from, um, from Mr. Brady to the indictment that was filed by Mr. Weiss. But those of us that have done the laptop from hell and been on this for a couple of years, this, this guy was always kind of a marginal part. I mean, the real story is when you look at the, you, you go to Treasury, you look at the wire transfers, you look at all that, they took enormous amounts of money and were in business with the CCP and other oh, people. So, that so this, was, this was rich. I was interviewing just days ago James Biden, the brother of Joe Biden, the favorite cool uncle of Hunter Biden. Imagine being so out there you were Hunter Biden's cool uncle, right? So this guy is giving us testimony and talking about the extensive business deals, millions of dollars with a Chinese energy company, CEFC. And he said, well, Mr. Gates, to my questioning, that's just a Chinese energy company. That's not China. And I'm thinking, like, if you're taking the position that the major energy operations within China are not operating as an, as a, as an appendage of the Chinese Communist Party, then you're not being honest with the American people. So that is grisly. That is awful. Oh, is that his best defense? Yeah, his best defense is, well, those were just Chinese companies. Those weren't, those weren't the Chinese government. Wow. And then and then he said and I and he said, well, you know, they're totally separate. And I said, well, Mr. Biden, when when you gave an interview to the Department of Treasury, you said right here in the interview that the chairman of the Chinese energy company was the protege of President Xi. So, it, it, you know, time and again, James Biden's testimony didn't line up with the records and the evidence and his own statements. And it's certainly indicative of, a, of, a, of an ecosystem of corruption in the Biden family that leveraged Joe Biden's public office for their personal financial gain. Uh, I believe that is corrupt. And, you know, you, honestly, you know what the Biden's best defense is? That it happens on both sides. I mean, we have so many Republicans who they get elected to office and then their spouses, their kids become registered lobbyists. Like the former senator from North Carolina, Richard Burr, he was chairman of the Intelligence Committee and his wife was a registered federal lobbyist. Like, how would you feel if your interests were adverse to the wife of the chairman of the Intelligence Committee getting paid by some company. So while what the Bidens have done is super gross and it should not be allowed, we should be willing to call out this influence peddling and self-dealing and corruption wherever we find it. Okay, what time do you speak today? We need everybody in the War Room Posse at Matt Gates's speech today, and we need to turn the volume up. What time is your speech? Two o'clock. I will be out there uh, laying down the lumber, and I want you to be there. And really, I, wa I want this to be the durable movement. We cannot rely on the party infrastructure anymore to deliver America the wins that are necessary. For too long, we've allowed the country club Republicans to run this place. It's time for the hunting club Republicans to start running this place. Uh, social media, where do people get you, where they follow you, where they get the podcast, everything? At Matt Gates on X, at Rep Matt Gates for our official content. I've got a podcast called Firebrand. It's sort of the, it's a good chaser after you listen to the War Room and watch the War Room. Firebrand everywhere you get your podcast. Thanks so much. Can we give it up for Matt Gates, America's congressman? Well, thank you so much. Fantastic. The congressman be coming right this way. By the way, very special guest, Jane Zirkel. Who do we have? I want you guys to make some noise for Trump campaign press secretary, Caroline Leavitt. Thank you.
you. Thank you, Jade. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Caroline, President Trump is speaking on Saturday. Can you give us a preview of his remarks? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, Team Trump, we are so excited to be here at CPAC with all of these patriots who want to make our country great again. And I can tell you firsthand, the president is so excited to be here tomorrow. Who's excited for his speech tomorrow? <laughs> I got to ask you, now, President Trump is absolutely dominating in the polls. Why is Nikki Haley still in this race? Well, there's one reason why, and it's because Nikki Haley is a vessel and a shill for the Democrat Party. She is no longer a Republican. She is no longer part of the grand old party. She accepts money from Democrat donors, some of the very same donors who are funding the political persecutions and the witch hunts that we see taking place against President Trump right now. So if you live in South Carolina, you all better get home and vote tomorrow to send a very strong message, just as we did in Iowa, President Trump winning by 30 points, just as we did in New Hampshire. He won more votes than any presidential candidate on either side of the aisle in New Hampshire primary history, just as we did in Nevada when Nikki Haley lost to literally none of the above. South Carolina better send that same strong message tomorrow night so we can wrap up this primary, so we can unify as a Republican Party, so we can focus 100% of our time and energy and efforts on defeating Joe Biden, who is the worst, most crooked and corrupt president in American history. Wow. Let's give it up How for How important Caroline. is the grassroots to this movement? It's incredibly important. The grassroots is everything. You look around this room and you see people of all ages. Only two genders, by the way, male and female, are in the house. But these are all great people, hardworking Americans, and the base for President Trump has never been stronger. The America First movement is alive and well. You contrast that with Joe Biden, who doesn't have a base. And we have a real opportunity in this election to make grounds with Hispanic Americans, African Americans, all Americans, regardless of race, religion, and creed, who want to bring peace and prosperity and protection back to this country. That's what President Trump offers, and he will deliver. Let's give it up for Caroline. Great work over the pack. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back. We'll get a few surprises in the war room in a moment. Beware. When's the last time you checked your home title? Never, right? Cyber criminals may have already forged your name off your home's title. His name is on your home's title. He's going to take out loans using your equity. You won't know until foreclosure notices show up for unpaid home loans he took out on your house. Now, I rely on Home Title Lock to protect my home's title. The instant they detect activity, they mobilize to shut it down. Let me repeat that. The instant they detect activity, they mobilize to shut it down. Question. Has some criminal taken over your title? Find out for free when you sign up. Code Bannon at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection. Let me repeat that. You get a free comprehensive scan and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection. This is all free. Go to home title lock, hometitlelock.com. That's hometitlelock.com and put in promo code Bannon. That's hometitlelock.com and put in promo code Bannon. Take action today. Take the angst of this off of, uh, off of your plate. Don't let these cyber bandits, these cyber thugs, coupled with artificial intelligence, mess with your home equity. Action, action, action.
Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Wow, that sound was great. I didn't even hear my intro. Welcome back to War Room at CPAC. We have America's mercenary, Eric Prince. <laughs> Eric Prince, the world's nicest man. Eric, uh, you've been very concerned about the border. You're doing a lot of work down there. Talk to me about how many illegal alien invaders do you think, off the top of your head, after doing some work that we have here in the United States? Uh, it's well into the millions, and the important thing is that we can locate them, we can track them, and we can provide options for the next administration to secure America at the periphery and to remove the people that don't belong Is here. this the number one? Uh, you're, you're an expert in global strategy and all the wars that are fighting around the world, the kinetic fights. Is this the number one priority for the United States is to get control of its border, not just get control, but deal with the 8 to 10 million that are here? Look, if, if you don't control your borders, we don't have a country. Um, obviously, uh, it's about demographic shift for the opposition. They're, using, they're, they're seeking to normalize it and to, to wipe out anything that made America what it was in the first place. How hard do you think is going to be the mass deportation program? Look, if, if Eric Prince ran the mass deportation, you know, we made you the... Because uh, you, you had given us a plan in Afghanistan. You were going to be the viceroy, Right. I and wasn't, but someone smarter someone, would be. Somebody, somebody yes. it was your recommendation, which would have been brilliant. We should have done it in the first year of uh, the first term. But for various reasons, it wasn't. What would you do if, if President Trump deputizes you on the afternoon of 20, uh, January 2025 to begin to make, take care of this problem? What do you do? The great thing about America is we have three levels of government. You have local, state, and federal. The federal government has proven to be completely incompetent. But you have a significant resource in state and local that if you empower them with the authorities and with intelligence, they can do most of the work. So this is, this is not So you dramatic. empower the state governments, the local governments? Absolutely. If Aren't you, we if, run up against that problem in Texas right now where the Texans are trying to do this? But the, the federal government... Sure, because the federal government is wrong on this. But when the federal government is incompetent, actually uh, pro-America hands, it will be different. And, and, and again, if you run into a state that doesn't want to do it, fine. That's when federal resources come in. But there's lots of ways to enforce the law in the United States legally and within the scope of the Constitution. Uh, so what your, your advice to President Trump when he steps in about the kinetic wars in, uh, in the Middle East, the kinetic war in Ukraine, and also the potential kinetic war in the South China Sea, what do you tell him? Look, the, the actual kinetic war in Ukraine is a complete loser. All we're doing right now is wiping out future generations of Ukrainians. So you're just saying get to the, get to the negotiating an, table. An ugly peace you've is been, better you, than a nice war. You've been, you've been right, right on this from the very beginning, right? The, yeah, look, they're not going to out-conventional war the Russian bear. And so all they're doing is chewing themselves up. The so-called spectacular U.S. weapon systems haven't worked that well. It is enormously expensive, and it is an absolute loser. It's not in our strategic interest. And at this point, it's not even the strategic interest of the Ukrainian people because they're just killing their sons. What about in Gaza? Right now, the Biden administration is trying to stop the Israelis from going and getting it done in, uh, in Rafah. What's your recommendation? Uh, move, provide the means to move the refugees away from Rafah and then finish off Hamas. I wish the IDF had listened to me on flooding all the tunnels because they wouldn't what, have what, to drop this, all the this, bombs. We're, making a, we're, we're, we're having a, a truth bomb here. Walk us through what you recommended to the IDF. I recommended them bringing the best of Texas, right? Nice. Uh, uh, most Israelis become doctors, lawyers, bankers. 
They didn't know what's possible from Texas. And so I was trying to bring them the best of Texas. You mean engineers, flow engineers, process engineers. Roughnecks, exactly. To flood the hell out of the tunnels with tens of millions of gallons of seawater. From the Mediterranean. From the Med to prevent them from having to bomb the tunnels. That being said, they're in a pickle right now, so they got to move the citizens, the civilians away from Rafa so they can smash the remaining thousands of Hamas. They have, what, two battalions of Hamas uh, fighters left, basically? Yeah, if there's one left, it's too many. What's because- going ha- to happen with the Persian militias in the north? What's going to happen in Ju- Judea, Samaria? Well, what's, what's, <laughs> the Iranians have moved in uh, Akwazi, sorry, uh, they moved in uh, Hazara, Afghans, Shia, into the border with Syria. They have obviously super-loaded uh, Lebanese Hezbollah with 150,000, 200,000 rockets, or 10 times what, uh, what Gaza had. And so the thing I'm worried about most, Steve, is Egypt, because the Suez has largely been shut down with, um, with ship traffic. That's 40% of Egypt's GDP. And so uh, their currency devalued 25% last week. You're one bullet away from losing Sisi and losing Egypt to the Muslim Brotherhood. With that much population sitting on a huge military, it is extremely dangerous on, uh, on Israel's southern border. So the, the Houthi problem must be fixed. And I think the only way it's going to be fixed is with a contracted solution, because you're not going to send Marines, the Saudis and the Emirates. A are contracted not going to do it. solution. It's the same way what? it was. It's the same way it was solved in the '60s when the Egyptians invaded. Read the book, "The War That Never Was." Yep. Lays out exactly how it worked. David Sterling solved it yep. then. That's how it needs to get done because the Houthis need to be put back in their place because they've basically been empowered to be long-range pirates by the Iranians. Shooting Amen. missiles out to 1,000 miles. With two carrier battle groups being tied up over there. Uh, Eric, you've got a new podcast. Walk people through how they get your content. Your podcast is amazing. Where do people go? Uh, the podcast is called Off Leash with Eric Prince. Off Leash. And, it's, and, and, it's, and it's, a, it's unclassified, but it's right. You put your toes right uh, up on the it's line. It's been a long time since I've been had a, cla- a, a, um, a clearance. But listen... All your audience needs to know about this. This is oh yeah yeah. Let's hear. By the way, the phone system went down yesterday. Talk to us about the phones. So um, we think that was a big solar flare, or yeah. it was a very large hack. Yeah, the jury's out on that. But this is a, this is a phone that resulted from the 2020 election, from the nonsense of big tech yeah. canceling people, throwing people out of app stores, etc. This is an independent phone platform. That's out- a megaphone right there, right? Outside of the Google and Apple universe, it's our hardware. Our operating system, it doesn't have an advertising ID. Your phone now tracks you. They know where you go, what you buy, who you, you call. You can't be tracked on this phone. No, with its own secure messenger, store, everything. So you can put a T-Mobile, Patriot Mobile, AT&T, Verizon ship in here, but this doesn't collect and store or export Wh- your where, data. Where do they go to get the phone? You go to unplug.com forward slash war room. War room. You got all the information there. You just got to study it. Think about it. If you got questions, you email them. This is, and you'll get a war room case. A war room case. Let's give it up for Eric Prince. <laughs> Eric, thank you. Jane Zirkel. Neil McKay from Red State Media. Neil, give us a preview of what we can expect this crazy, crazy year of 2024. What we're going to see, Jane, is a huge comeback with Trump. A lot of people thought Trump was finished. I think a lot of people were betting that they would be they would basically be on the other side of a post-Trump Republican Party. But there is no such thing as a post-Trump Republican Party. And a lot of people found that out. And there's a lot of people who wanted to be president in 24, people like uh, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. 
They should have worked really hard to get Trump reelected in 2020, and they should have paid attention to the voting rolls and everything else because they would have had a free shot in 24. Now everybody's got to have to wait because Trump comes first, Jane. What are you excited to hear him speak about tomorrow? I really want to hear him talk about his plan for the future because, you know, the voter is not voters notoriously do not thank you for the past. And so I think he's been very good about laying out his foreign policy and economic agenda. And I just want to hear more of that because people, when they're voting, they're making a decision. What is the future going to be like for me? It's a very selfish act voting. Let's give and it up. For, let's give it up for Brother McCabe. <laughs> He's Army, Navy, everything. Okay, we got, by the way, you've got, hang on for a second, hang on for a second. What, what is this? Oh, my SS. Lord. Foster. That's my ship right there. The USS Paul F. Foster. How did you? This admiral was the only man to get the Medal of Honor, the Distinguished Service Cross, and the Navy Cross, the top three Navy awards. Lieutenant Bannon. Yeah. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Started with Ensign Bannon. Four of the best years of my life right there. That was my baby. I lived on the ship, too. Never had an apartment ashore. I lived on the ship when it was... You weren't the Bull Ensign, were you? Were you the Bull Ensign? No, no. I was a Grundoon's Grundoon. Trust me. Best years of my life. That's my baby. Pacific Fleet. Why does Captain Mickle hate you so much, sir? Uh, he's a Naval Academy guy. He just didn't like the fact that I got selected to go be the uh, special assistant to the chief of naval operations. He got passed over as a Naval Academy. Hey, what can I say? You know, thank you very much. I love this. Thanks, brother. Thanks, McCabe. Okay, uh, Mike Lindell, my pillow. You speak tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Yeah, 10.15 tomorrow, and uh, I can't wait to uh, get the word out uh, what we're all doing with the plan to secure our elections, everybody. As we speak right now in South Dakota, I have hundreds, maybe even thousands of people on the steps of the Capitol, and they're going to paper ballots hand-counted in South Dakota. That's what they're fighting for there. And um, so our, the plan's well, in, well on the way, and you say, well, what does South Dakota have to do with anything? We, we want to get the whole nation paper ballots hand counted, and we're well on our way. Over 250 counties now. Mike, talks about the company. All I read is overnight, they're putting you in bankruptcy again. Tell me yes, about it. Yes, and, and we, it's, I'll tell you, it's been such a huge distraction for my pillow getting attacked. And we've, we, we want to thank the War Room Posse with this special. These just came in. All the percale sheets came in, and we're running them for thirty-four ninety-eight. For the queen size and $39.98 for the king size. This is an exclusive War Room Posse special. All the, and we're going to do free shipping today on your entire order. We're going to run that one more day here for the War Room. And you guys call 800-873-1062. All my home moms and dads that are working from home, you guys have helped them so much. They've been trying, they've been trying to cancel them out, the IRS. We've been attacked more than any company in the country, but with your help, yeah. you make it all possible. MyPillow.com, promo code War Room. MyStore.com, promo code War Room. 800-873-1062. Today at 2 o'clock, Matt Gates on the main stage. Today at 2.30, Nigel Farage on the main stage. I want everybody there. We're back here 5 to 7. I'm going to flip over. we got uh, Monica Crowley and our own birthday girl. Let's give it up for Natalie Winters. Woo, happy birthday. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna take you, uh, they're gonna take you into 12 o'clock. I've got a very special meeting I've gotta go to. 
I will inform you at 5 o'clock what comes out of it. Mike Lindell. We're not going to let him put you in bankruptcy, brother. Mike Lindell tomorrow at 10.30, main stage. He'll be here afterwards. Thank you. Thank you. Who can you trust? Government leaders repeatedly fail us. Self-appointed experts have led us astray. Distrust in so-called authorities is spreading like a bad cold. We can't quite shake it. But you are not as powerless as they'd like you to believe. When there's no one to depend on, it's time to rely and depend on yourself. Not sure where to start? Well, try this. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Grab a four-week emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply for just 60 bucks off. Think about that. $60 off right now. My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families reach self-reliance. I want you to think about that. Reach self-reliance. These food kits offer meals, drinks, and snacks that provide over 2,000 calories every single day. Sealed inside heavy-duty packaging that lasts up to 25 years in storage. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and protect your future with as many kits as you need. These kits ship fast, free, and arrive in unmarked boxes. With My Patriot Supply, when you order by 3 p.m., your food kits will ship the same day. Save $60 per kit. That is $60 per kit at MyPatriotSupply.com. Take action. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. Not Stephen K. Bannon in drag. It's Natalie G. Winters hosting... Thank you guys for being here. Of course, we are, I guess, in our second day of CPAC coverage now. And now I get to bring on a co-host, which is fun for me, the one and only Monica Crowley. Hey, guys. Hi. The best. Great to be here for the next half hour with the birthday girl, Natalie Winters. Can we get a happy <laughs> birthday for Natalie? Thank you happy very much. Happy birthday to our favorite misinformation. Thank you. You know, I have to say it was last year. You know what? This is actually the perfect segue. We missed the one-year anniversary in the war room that we were crowned the top spreader of misinformation by the New York (laughs) Times. Do you guys remember that? I texted Steve that a few nights ago, and his response was, why didn't we get the award this year? (laughs) We're not working hard enough. I know. So next year, that's our resolution. Um, But Monica, you obviously worked for President Trump. In the Treasury Department, you did wonderful things on the economic front. But I'm just curious. We have Trump obviously speaking tomorrow. You're speaking today? I spoke yesterday. She spoke yesterday. Yes. What do you think he's going to focus on in his speech, and what do you think he should? So I think President Trump speaking tomorrow, and I hope you guys will all be there for the great man's speech. Um, I think he's going to stay consistent with the theme of CPAC this year, which is where globalism goes to die because Donald Trump really was the very first world leader after Brexit in 2016 to take on the challenge of smashing the globalist regime and taking on all of the globalist institutions, World Economic Forum, United Nations, World Health Organization. He has taken on all of them in his first term, will do so even more aggressively in his second term. So I think he's going to stick to CPAC's theme this year and really focus on what he is going to do both at home and abroad to smash globalism into pieces so it can never rise again. 
the polls obviously show he's dominating. I think that's probably an understatement. Um, but I'm just curious from your perspective, obviously this audience is so engaged on the issue of election integrity and election yes. interference. But I think sometimes we get a myopic view of that, right? We just focus on mail-in ballots or how the Chan Zuckerberg initiative is plowing in tens of millions of dollars to basically privatize our elections. But you always come at this from sort of a, a global worldview in the sense that you realize what the WHO is doing, what the WEF is doing, whether it's the pandemic treaty. All of that stuff sort of comes together to be, I would say, kind of at a global level or a globalist level, election interference. So can you sort of walk us through what you think their game plan is as to how they're going to try to influence the 2024 election? Yeah, because they're not just going to let us march back in, right? Steve talks about this all the time. Understand that this has been going on for decades. They put the Great Reset on steroids eight years under Barack Obama. Mrs. Clinton was then supposed to win in 2016 and have another eight years of advancing the Great Reset globalist agenda. And Donald Trump caught them by surprise in 2016, caught them flat-footed, and they vowed never again. So I want to make something really clear, because when we talk about election interference, guys, do not forget about what they sprung on us in 2020. Think about it this way. They launched an unprecedented virus. They shut down the global economy to stop the roaring Trump economy. They burned down the country with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They rigged the election and then the cherry on top, January 6th, the Fed surrection. Five catastrophic things to stop one man and his movement, meaning us. Okay, so when you think about it that way, what are they prepared to do this year? I don't have the answer for that, apart from the things that you just laid out, which is getting around the existing election laws like they did last time. The lawfare against President Trump obviously is a key part of this, but you know they're not just gonna rest on those elements. They always have something else catastrophic to pull out of their back pocket. We have not seen that yet, but I know that it's coming because we all now know what the deep state is capable of, right? Just one quick little history lesson for you guys. As you probably know, my very first job was with President Nixon in the last years of his life. And Nixon and I talked about election integrity in the con context of his presidential elections. And we focused on the 1960 presidential election against John F. Kennedy. Because guess what? The Kennedys, along with the Democrat machine in three locations, Illinois, West Virginia, and Texas, rigged the voting machines to steal that presidential election away from Richard Nixon. And those were the old metal machines where you'd go in and go like this and then the metal levers, right? So they had those machines rigged in certain jurisdictions so that if you went in and voted for Jack Kennedy, it went down for Kennedy in the back. But if you went in and voted for Richard Nixon, both levers went down. So every single person going in voted for Kennedy even if they voted for Nixon. The reason I'm telling you this is because the left has been raising voter fraud and election fraud to an art and a science 
for decades, and now they have brought it into the 21st century with the Zuckerbucks, with the machines, as Mike Lindell is always talking about, with mass mail-in voting, early voting, all of the things that we are way behind on. Hopefully, we're starting to get up to speed, but we've already lost two election cycles, 2020 and 2022, because we were not prepared. We're getting a change in leadership at the RNC, some state organizations as well. But understand we're very late to the game here. Well, I really think the first election that they stole was the 2016 one on the subversion of the personnel front, right? The people that they staffed the Trump administration with, they were basically Democrats, right? Or as uh, Matt Gates said, Republicans in drag. Um, but I'm just curious, you worked in the Trump administration, you, you slummed it, you lived in Washington, D.C. as we talk, it's, it really swamp. sucks, it's the worst. Um, but I'm just curious, you know, can you sort of give the audience kind of the inside baseball on really how pervasive that subversion on the personnel front, we know personnel is policy, but how the people that either you were working with or that the establishment Republicans were trying to ram through the administration, how they were not on Team Trump, they were not Team MAGA, they were there to keep the status quo in place. Yeah, so the establishment, the swamp, the uni party, the deep state, they all understood one thing, which is that Donald Trump won because he was an outsider who spoke to all of us, the forgotten men and women around the country. That was his appeal, and that is why he won, because he promised to deliver for all of us. The downside for Trump was that he had never done any of this before. He was not a politician. He had no Washington experience. He did not know how the federal government worked, how it operated, or how to staff it. I mean, the 2016 campaign, it was like Steve Bannon, Kellyanne Conway, Jason Miller, like a handful of people all running on a shoestring, right? So he did not have a deep bench from which to, to choose to staff the federal government. And when you are elected president, you come in on January 20th, you have to appoint, I think it's 3,000 people to top positions, not 30, not 300, 3,000. So because he had never done it before, he was taking recommendations from people he thought he could trust about staffing the federal government, including his own administration. And many of these people did not have his best interest at heart. They were not America first. They were not pro-Trump. Um, they were not on our side. They were never Trumpers. They were Obama holdovers. They were deep state operatives. And they were feeding him information that was bad. They were recommending bad people all to do exactly what you said, Natalie, which is keep the status quo and undermine him from within and spy on him while he was president. This time around, he's learned the lesson the hard way. And he is going to be a lot wiser about the personnel he brings in staffing his White House and administration. You know, Warren Posse, you guys have to give yourselves a round of applause because as you were talking about all of these sort of covert ways the deep state tries to, I would say, exert their influence and control over the personnel front, we've sort of, as Steve would say, we've turfed them out, right? They're making Congress make it so Trump can't withdraw from NATO. They're trying to effectuate this WHO pandemic treaty, right? All of this stuff used to happen behind closed doors. 
but they know they can't get away with it anymore because of you guys. So give yourselves That's a round right. of applause. That's right. And the grassroots. Okay. We'll get a little bit. There's some breaking news. And the next segment, I want to talk to the crowd. I, I personally love Vox Populi. I'm always trying to bring it back to our show. So maybe we can do a little Q&A. I think we might have Mike Davis joining us. But on the breaking news front, War Room's, I would say, one of our favorite people, Cassidy Hutchinson, the Hutch, <laughs> is back in the news. Can you walk us through the, the most ridiculous turn in this whole saga? Yeah, so Cassidy Hutchinson was a staffer in the Trump White House, and we're talking about people who probably should not have been there. <laughs> um, Perfect segue. So, yes. So she has accused, made all kinds of accusations, including against uh, the star witness in the Biden family corruption case, Tony Bobulinski. Tony Bobulinski went for his closed-door deposition last week. He was the only witness so far in the Biden crime family impeachment investigation to be sworn in. And Tony demanded that. The other Hunter Biden associates just sat down for their deposition. Tony said, I am absolutely telling the truth about Joe Biden and his corruption, Hunter Biden, James Biden, all of them. And to prove it, I want to be sworn in under oath. So he did that last week. And in his deposition, he pointedly called Cassidy Hutchinson a blatant liar. Okay, so she fired back against Bobulinski today, this morning, um, through her lawyer, and said, he is defaming me. He's I have a photograph of Mark Meadows handing something off to Bobulinski in October of 2020. Well, the photograph shows absolutely nothing. She claims Bobulinski was wearing a ski mask, which is absurd. The picture doesn't show that, of course. And so now, this morning, Bobulinski has announced he is going to be suing her for defamation. I love that. By the way, can you believe... Congressman Gates told us that James Biden said, yeah, I was in business with CEFC China Energy. They're just a Chinese company. That was his line of defense. I would humbly push back and say, well, sir, have you heard of Article 7 of China's national intelligence law that stipulates that any Chinese company can be requisitioned by the Chinese Communist Party at any moment for any purpose? Or maybe we should uh, direct him to the warroom.org website, which you guys should go to and sign up for the newsletter the story that we broke that showed the deleted web pages from CEFC China Energy, where they actually admitted that they were, quote, waging war against the United States. And the purpose of this entity was to replace the United States as the world's leading superpower. Those are the type of entities that the Biden family is in business with. Of course, they erased those web pages because they don't want you to know. They want the euphemistic spin that we can be business partners with China. Right, they're opening up. They're in a happy era of reforms. And you know what my favorite thing is? There was a poll that came out a couple years ago. It showed that 80% of people think China is an enemy. If you want to know the 20% of people who think that they're an ally and a business partner, turn around and look at Washington, D.C., all the way up to New York, because those are the people who have sold you out for decades. We'll be back. Mike Davis, I hear he had a bit of a, uh, a rough night last night. He's Irish. He'll be joining us shortly. We've got Monica Crowley riding shotgun. Warren Possible. True or false? Using your tax refund to pay off credit card debt is a smart thing. Actually, that's false. 
DoneWithDebt.com published a brilliant strategy designed to let you keep your hard-earned tax refund and reduce or eliminate credit card debt. Most Americans owe thousands in credit card debt. In fact, Daily Mail's got a story that 56 million Americans carry credit card debt, and that debt will take years to pay off, if you pay it off at all. Done With Debt found that filing bankruptcy is usually not the answer, and taking out loans to pay off credit cards usually increases the debt. When you engage Done With Debt, their legal experts and skilled negotiators take on the credit card companies for you. Their winning strategies are designed with one goal, solve your debt situation quickly and permanently. First things first, chat with a Done With Debt strategist and explore your solutions. Some debt fighting strategies are time sensitive, so you'll need to move quickly. For a free consultation, visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Do it today. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. No? All right, welcome back to the War Room. It's our final segment, but don't worry, we'll be back here live 5 to 7. I'm speaking on a panel at 1 p.m. You should come and check it out with the College Republicans of America. Those of you who know my story with Delta Gamma, it'll be uh, a hoot. But promises made, promises kept is, of course, the mantra. The Trump campaign, so I said we were going to do Vox Populi, so I'm going to keep that promise. So we'll start with Jane, and you can ask... Either Mike Davis, the one and only. Can we get a round of applause for Mike Davis? McCormick and Schmidt's number one customer last night. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Or you can ask Monica a question. Jane, we'll start with you. Let's get their name, where they're from, and what their question is. We have a question for Monica Crowley, but first, can you please tell me your name and where you're from? My name is Thea Alphys. I'm from the state of Connecticut, which is blue. I'm sorry. (laughs) And what's your question? Well, I was listening to what you were saying and what Trump would be speaking about. And I want to say that um, in the United States Air Force, my job was security. I had to secure priority one resources. And I'm, I'm, I'm disturbed by the security on the border because I know what is expected of security and priority one resources. The people are the priority one resource. To me, it's my children that are the priority one resource. And I think when Trump gets in office, that will probably be the first thing that he does. And once that's done, here's my question. I want to know if you agree with me. Education. I feel education should be second. Once we're secure, do you think that he will change the education? Because in my state, our children are reading below grade level. Mathematics is below grade level, and that's after, mind you, COVID, where our state lowered the expectations and lowered the standards. All right, so the question is, we're going to shut down the border, maybe shut down the government. Then what do we focus on? Education? Education. What do you think? And thank you for that question, because you are absolutely right. We can't save this country unless we also have an eye to the future and future generations and what they're being taught. The communist long march through the institutions took on education 
first because they knew if they get the kids and begin the indoctrination over many decades, you get to the point where we are today, where you've got young people across all stripes who are just completely indoctrinated, right? So that is going to be a priority of President Trump's. He is already campaigning on that. It was a priority in the first term as well. But I think in the second term, he's going to put it on steroids and focus on standards and school choice to give parents the kind of freedom that they deserve in terms of the education of their children. He has also talked about the necessity for patriotic education so that our kids will not be indoctrinated into Marxism and Leninism, but instead really have a strong patriotic education in terms of the history of this country and the principles for which it stands. That is a major, major issue for him. How about this? We live stream the war room in classrooms across the United States. Yes, all right. <laughs> there all we right. go. That's how you save the country. All right, Ben, we have Mike Davis here. We have to take advantage of him. Yes. Let's give us a question for so Mike we've Davis. Got, I've got one statement. I want to introduce one person, then we're going to go to the question. She's been waiting here all the entire time. You're running for office in Michigan. Tell me what your name is, where you're from, and, and why you're running. Flip it that way. <laughs> Dr. Shin. Dr. Sherry O'Donnell running for U.S. Senate. I have been to the border. That is our number one issue. I've been to Ukraine. We don't need to be sending our taxpayer dollars. I've also been to Israel. We need to stop and pulverize Hamas and Hezbollah. President Trump, with his presidential primary on Tuesday, we need to get MAGA candidates that will support him down ballot. I am that candidate. He had a rally in Whiteford, Michigan. I was the only U.S. Senate candidate that was there. Dr. Sherry O'Donnell running for U.S. Senate. DocSherry2024.com. I love it. All right. Thank you, Doc Sherry. All right, ma'am, what's your question? What's your name and and what's your question? My name is Kim Proctor, and I love Monica. She's fantastic. We love Monica. Everyone loves Monica. My question is, I worked on Capitol Hill for a very long time. I was one of three people in my office that were pro-Trump. And when the election happened and he won, and I worked in a Republican office, they were acted like it was the end of the world when he won. After he got into office, half of the people that were never Trumpers went to go work in the administration. So my question is, is I'm very nervous about how they're going to vet these folks to, if they want to go work. I saw it. I saw these people leave and I saw them go there. And it was just very disheartening when we knew where the, I knew who they were. So it's concerning to me. How, How do we prevent that from happening again? Right. Yeah, so, you know, there are two uh, parallel tracks going right now, one of which is the Heritage Foundation and another is America First Policy Institute. And there's some overlap, but they're working on this exact issue. And they have been for the last three years in terms of gathering names of people who might be interested in serving in a second Trump administration and doing the vetting. So they've already been doing the vetting. And we're talking about like phone book size um, numbers of people. We're talking about a lot of people who are been, have been uh, vetted and continue to be vetted right now to make sure that they are, you know, and this would go for a vice presidential choice of his or cabinet members, not necessarily just loyal to him, but loyal to the America first cause. And that is absolutely paramount. Like I said, he learned it the hard way last time. This time, we're going to be a lot more prepared. Mike Davis, do you want to add anything? Uh, I I actually worked on political appointments in in a prior Republican administration. 
And it's critically important. We have about 3,000 political appointees who are supposed to run an executive branch with, you know, nearly 3 million people. So we're outnumbered about 1,000 to 1. And if you get the wrong political appointees uh, in, in these 3,000 slots, you're going to lose entire uh, swaths of the, of the executive branch. So it's critically important. You need two things to be a political appointee of a president. You need to be both competent and you have to be loyal. You can't be, uh, you, you have to be both. You can't be one or the other. You have to have both. And that is what's going to be so important this next administration is to get people who are both competent and more importantly loyal in these shops. And real quick, people want to follow you, support Article 3 Project, you're probably going to say that. Where do they go to do all that? I would say first, happy birthday to Natalie. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, yep. and thank you to the War Room team for over-serving me last night, and thank you to Grace. She's Irish, what can we say? I, I, I bounced right back up like a good Irish guy, and thank you for to Grace for live-streaming the, the Even debauchery better. And even more enticing than Mike Davis live streams. Where can they get the podcast and follow you? Real yes, quick. The Monica Crowley podcast. Monica Crowley podcast. Oh, Hope you all watch. Warren Posse will be back 5 p.m. The apples in your holiday pie taste amazing, but it's not exactly the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables. The Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and your cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day which, as you know, is almost impossible. That's why you need to check out Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your immune system. Yo, folks, the holidays are here, and you need to stay healthy. Plus, you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier. Field of Greens is the simplest way to get those daily fruits and veggies, and it tastes amazing. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Make sure you take, take it today. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Fieldofgreens.com. Promo code Bannon. Dot com. All one word. Warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. War Room Health, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.